Welcome to episode 5 of Adventure Within Reason with Kelly and David. Today we're going to be talking about Savannah Portage, which is out near McGregor, Minnesota. But before that, um, we should maybe just, by way of introduction to this episode, just do a, a short apology for our, the, our, our recent hiatus. Right, Kelly? Yeah, we've had some family stuff. Nothing bad, but my parents celebrated their 40th wedding anniversary. Happy anniversary again, mom and dad Prozen. So we were out of town for that and with Christmas, and it has been very cold here in Minnesota, and I am past the point in my life where I want my eyelashes to freeze to my hat while I'm out on a hike. Yeah, between the holidays and weather and family stuff, it's just, it hasn't been a, it, it hiking has not been our, our uh, first priority the last few months, and yeah, I'll just say, speaking personally, or maybe piggybacking on what you said a moment ago, Kelly, anything below zero degrees is kind of a no hiking day for, for, for me as well at this point in my life. I'm happy to get out there and hike when it's cold, but once it gets, you know, 30 mile per hour wind chill and, you know, temperature of negative 10, it's like, okay, that's that's kind of a, a reasonable cutoff for me. So, But I, I still apologize for the lack of episodes for our podcast the last few months, but Look at it this way. Uh, as, as we get closer to spring, we're going to be having a lot more episodes on average. So if you like listening to us talk about Minnesota State Parks, uh, just just stick around because we're going to be talking a lot about a, a lot more with uh, with greater frequency very, very, very soon. So but today we're going to be talking about a winter hike we did just yesterday. Uh, it's February of 2022. And um, is it is it too self-indulgent to let people know that I, it's my birthday today? So we had a little... <laughs> I was going to edit it in at the end of this episode if you didn't say anything. Oh, okay. Well, I'm happy to I'm happy to toot my own horn. I, yeah, I turned 37 today, so as a as a little as a little birthday gift to to myself and just a, a fun time for both of us. We we decided to get out of town this past weekend. We took a a short little road trip up to Duluth, stayed with a friend nearby. Yeah, one day it was it was too cold to do any hiking, so we just kind of putzed around Duluth and and had a good time getting some R&R. Uh, and the following day, it was about 30 degrees warmer, so we were able to get out and take a drive out to, to near McGregor, not quite McGregor proper, but near McGregor, Minnesota, and visit Savannah Portage. And um, yeah, any other Duluth anecdotes you want to share with the people, Kelly? So shout out to friend of the pod, Jess, for putting us up for the weekend, and also for turning us on to a really nice city park in Duluth. So if you haven't been up to Duluth you could hike their city park system for a day. It's really extensive. The parks are beautiful. You feel like you're out in the woods. We went out to Chambers Grove City Park. I almost said State Park there. And we did a very fast walk on that, you know, negative 35 with the wind chill day. And it was really beautiful. It was quiet. I wouldn't have known that we were in a city. It was just, it was next to... The St. Louis River, I think. You'd have to double check me on that one. But just a gorgeous little city park. So I want to really plug that park today. Yeah, for sure. We're, we're definitely very, uh, very privileged to know someone who works with the Duluth uh, Park System and, and was able to kind of turn us on to a, a little hidden gem, sort of tucked away in like the southwest corner of, of Duluth, sort of on the outskirts of town. And yeah, it was a, it was a great short little hike. Nothing like the hikes we normally do at state parks. I, I don't know. We were there for maybe, what, like half an hour or something. Just a, less than a mile. Yeah, less than a mile. But that's okay. It's it's not it's not about endurance. It's not about 
necessarily challenging yourself, you know, physically. It, it, it can be if you're that kind of person, a more athletic person. But Kelly and I, are, I think it's fair to say, are not the most athletic people in the world. And yeah, everyone has their own preferences, their own um, their own goals for what they're trying to get out of a park system, whether it's a state park or city park or something something else entirely. Um, but Duluth, our Duluth visit was um, was short and sweet, but a lot of fun and definitely a sort of a, a good way to get back into hiking because you know we haven't been doing a lot of hiking this winter as as we alluded to earlier. So it's good to get back out there. And um, thanks again to Jess for turning us on to what was it called Chamber Park? Chambers Grove, I Ch- think. Chambers Grove, something like that. So yeah, that maybe that being said, Kelly Kelly and I had a, a short little. Um, bit we wanted or just a short little sentiment we wanted to put out there about sort of the pros and cons of getting out and hiking in winter obviously you're not going to be looking at flowers in winter you're not going to be looking at uh, the foliage on the trees because everything is in that hibernation phase but I I, I just want to put out there I want to encourage listeners uh, whatever your whatever degree of intensity you sort of put yourself at in terms of hiking you know some people are hiking in the middle of winter when it's sub-zero other people they do a, a half mile hike and that's kind of good enough. And neither of those is better than the other. Everyone has to figure out their own uh, comfort level for appreciating the outdoors. Kelly and I just want to encourage people to, you know, whatever extent they're comfortable with, get out there and appreciate the outdoors, appreciate the natural world, appreciate, appreciate all the creatures in it. Just, just do what you can to, to hike in winter in a way that is not going to make you uncomfortable or, or potentially put you in a dangerous situation where you're, you know, trapped on a, on a tall hill or something and it's covered in ice and you don't have the proper equipment <laughs> to get back down, which that's a story for another day. So that happened to us at Whitewater State Park last winter. But, but anyway, um, in regards to Savannah Portage, I guess uh, we were sort of inspired to, to talk a little bit about the importance of getting out in winter and hiking and appreciating the natural world. And Kelly, you wanted to talk about the importance of silence. Sure. But before I get to that, I just have some quick, if you're going to go out winter hiking, do make sure to call your state park to see if the trails have been groomed for winter hiking. Otherwise, you could find yourself in sort of a sticky situation like we did this weekend. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was less of an adventure within reason and more of a misadventure within reason. But we'll get there in a second. But David's right. I do want to talk a little bit about the importance of silence today. So if you are a city dweller like David and I are, we, our lives are very rarely silent. We live in an apartment building. We can hear the kids down the hallway crying. We can hear our neighbor next door when he's laughing at something. There's constantly sirens. We can hear train horns, which is strange to me because we're not anywhere near the light rail tracks. We hear dump trucks, all of the sort of noises that are in the background of our everyday lives. And without really realizing it, that can be a really grating experience for us. And silence really helps us to shut down our physical responses to stress. When we are in silence, it lowers our blood pressure, it decreases our heart rate, it steadies our breathing. It reduces muscle tension and increases focus and cognition. So for me, a real plug for winter hiking is that it is silent in a way that you won't get in the summer. 
That's not to say that listening to bird calls or running across a white-tailed deer or even meeting other hikers on the trail is a negative thing. It's not. We really, we enjoy all of those things about summer hiking. But winter hiking allows us to really get into and enjoy a depth of silence that we don't get in our everyday lives. And I really appreciate it. I feel much calmer coming back today. Yeah, that's a great way of putting it. I hadn't really articulated it that well in my own mind. Yeah, getting out there and, and just getting away from the 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 hustle and bustle of the city is, is great. And um, yeah, just to repeat myself a, a little bit, um, I feel very privileged that we're, we're, we've been able to do that despite being, you know, city boys and girls and despite not owning a personal vehicle, we've been able to work out the logistics to get out there. So if you ever need advice on how to do that, if you live that sort of lifestyle similar to us, you know, by all means, reach out and we're happy to share what's worked for us and what hasn't. So, yeah, uh, that being said, Kelly, do you do we want to maybe pivot into talking about Savannah Portage in particular? Maybe get maybe uh, share with the people some factoids about about this particular park. And uh, something I would like to go into a little bit about is uh, what, what the hell is a Savannah and how is it similar or dissimilar to a prairie? Because I'm, I'm in my own mind, I'm having a hard time distinguishing between the two. But what do you have to say? So I actually looked this question up, a savanna versus a prairie, and the Michigan, not Minnesota, but the Michigan DNR came through for me with a pretty easy definition. So a savanna is sparsely populated trees. So when we think about an oak savanna, we think about sort of flat grass and shrubs with the occasional oaks kind of springing up through them. Prairie is really defined by that lack of trees and by the fact that it is mostly just grasses, tall grasses specifically, and wildflowers. I know that there's short grass prairie out there, but I don't, or rather, I think that there's short grass prairie out there, but I don't really have any any information on it yet. So that'll be something we explore in a later podcast. But that's like a quick and dirty definition of savanna versus prairie. So talking about savanna portage, this park was founded in 1961. There are 27 miles of hiking trail, five miles of self-guided trail, 10 miles of mountain biking, and a swimming beach, which we didn't know because there was a ton of snow there yesterday. So the park is made up primarily of northern hardwoods with birch and aspen and conifers and uh, old growth hardwoods and tamarack peat bogs, which are one of my favorite ecosystems. I can't tell you why. I think they're a little bit spooky. They're a little bit weird looking. I just really kind of enjoy them. So those are sort of sprinkled in throughout the park to sort of vary the scenery a little bit. And let me tell you, if you like walking in tall pines, this is going to be a good park for you to visit. We really enjoyed that part of our hike. Savannah Portage at in the winter months is very minimally staffed. And that's going to become important as we start talking about our experience hiking there. So, David, do you want to start with that? Yeah, for sure. I can go into that. Um, but I'll just quickly reiterate what, what you just said, Kelly, which is that if you're going to be hiking in any of the Minnesota state parks in winter, just call ahead, get the lay of the land from one of the rangers, um, even, even if they're not going to be staffed there on the day you were there. Usually if you call, you're redirected to someone somewhere and who can, you know, give you a kind of a brief rundown on, on what to expect, what trails will be closed, which ones will be open, et cetera. 
So Kelly, you did that earlier this week, and uh, the ranger we spoke to was kind enough to, to direct us to the Lake Shumway Trail, which is, um, I guess, on the was it on the eastern or the northern side of the park? Do you remember? I don't. We don't have a map out. Yeah, unfortunately, we don't have the map. Uh, in any in any event, it was sort of off to one side of the park. And it's just a small little about two mile hike around uh, the small lake, Lake Shumway. Um, sorry, you look like you have something to interject with. Oh, OK. <laughs> um, and so we were told uh, it, it, it should be pretty hard, hard packed. Is that the right term? Yes. Yeah. So we were we were told to expect, you know, a lot of snow, but that it should be kind of hard packed. Uh, the, the, the parks department kind of goes through and, you know, when there's a lot of snow, they kind of go through with a, a machine or, a, or another that sort of. Uh, sort of gives you an idea like shows the delineation of like where the trail is and where the where the wilderness is where you don't want to sort of get uh, get lost in unfortunately when we went there it was uh hit or miss there were there were second there were segments of the trail that were kind of clearly defined you know we we uh, from time to time we saw you know footprints of other hikers or we saw the the markings of a uh, a cross country skier but there are other um swaths of this trail where apparently people just turned around and went back or they started to fly <laughs> away. I don't know what happened, but there were like no tracks to be seen. And so we were able to kind of, it's, you know, it's, it's obvious, like if there's no trees on, you know, for a, a few feet that that's part of the trail. So we were able to kind of snake our way through and, and uh, avoid any serious injury. But we did, there was a section about maybe a, a quarter of the way through or a third of the way through where, uh, we were not aware that we were walking on a very narrow uh, little boardwalk that was cr- crossing kind of a, not the lake itself, but kind of like a, an adjacent marshy area to the lake. Kelly and I both slipped off at one point, and fortunately we didn't twist our ankle or anything serious like that, but very well could have if we hadn't been more you know, careful and attentive. So just be careful if you're hiking in the winter and you're near a lake, because sometimes you're, uh, you're going to be walking across a little footbridge or a, a boardwalk that you don't know is there because it's covered in a couple feet of snow. So just just be careful out there, and uh, as we say, call ahead and, and try to get the lay of the land from the rangers because they're they're pretty knowledgeable about um, you know what to expect out there. But maybe Kelly, you're a better storyteller than I am. Do you want to tell about the last leg of this this oh, particular boy. hike? Yeah, I do. This is the misadventure part. So we'll let, we'll let Kelly tell you guys about this. So something you should know about me is that I am hopelessly clumsy. If David and I are walking. Side by side down a flat level road, I will trip over my own feet and almost wipe out. And he'll just, you know, be walking like a normal person. Okay, so I do want to point out that when we talked to the rangers, they did say that their snow packing equipment for Savannah Portage was being repaired this season. So that there was the hiking trails weren't groomed as hiking trails, but we were told that, hey, we've had enough people out there walking, there should be a pretty hard pack trail. And we thought, great, we're we're adventurous, we'll, we'll go give this a shot. And it was okay, you know, like David said, I took a nosedive, almost literally, uh, off of a boardwalk. Nothing like face planting into a three-foot drift of snow in January, but, or no, February, excuse me, we're almost at the end of February. Anyway, So we continued on down the Lake Shumway Trail, which was beautiful. I can't stress how beautiful this trail is. You're walking under conifers and among birch trees, and it was so silent and just gorgeous. Well, we got to the end of the trail, and Savannah Portage, 
I will say this. Your trails could be a little bit better marked because we had a difficult time finding the final loop to this trail. Yeah, we, we were told uh, by the ranger and and by the map we were consulting the entire time that this was a loop trail, which is what it sounds like uh, in theory, which is that it loops back around. So where you, wherever you start is where you finish. Um, we got to the the last section of this trail and it didn't actually, as far as we could discern, actually reconnect to the beginning. Um, we ended up kind of at, at this dead end, which is where all these campsites were. So, I mean, there was, we weren't just like lost in the wilderness, but we were, as far as we could tell, we were at like this camping um, location where nobody was camping, by the way. So it was completely desolate and we could f- figure out no way to get back to the end, you know, where we had parked the car other than going back and hiking the exact same trail in reverse. So we looked at the map a little bit more closely and realized there was a uh, a very, very short cross-country ski trail that went right along the lake. And, you know, we, we, we knew, you know, you're not supposed to hike on that. It's just supposed to be for cross-country skiers. But we did not want to hike the two miles back the same way we had come. We could practically see our car, and so we decided let's just walk on this uh, cross-country ski trail that is right along the lake. I can't stress that enough. I was scared to death that we were going to like step on and step through the ice. Uh, Kelly was trying to reassure me that it takes days and weeks for ice that thick to, to melt. <laughs> Go ahead. If someone can comment on the Facebook page on how long it takes a, compl- a frozen solid lake to thaw, we will send you a prize in the mail for helping me try to cure David of this fear. Well, it's not frozen solid, right? It's just like a, a, a foot or two on top of the lake. How does water freeze, listeners? Can you tell us? <laughs> to me, a couple feet of ice is frozen solid. But oh, okay. yeah, feel okay. free to chime in, listeners. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe, we, maybe we've maybe we built up the, the, the conclusion of this hike a little too much. But in the moment, it was pretty scary for me and I think for Kelly, too, because we're, we're on this cross-country skiing trail that there's very little indication anyone has used in um, recently. Uh, we saw like little, little indications, but for the most part, we were just trying to avoid stepping into the lake uh, and, and wandering too far off into the woods. And so we were walking through this uh, very, you know, snowy <laughs> trail. I think, I think on a couple of occasions, the snow was uh, well up past my knees, maybe even closer to our waist. And we just had to kind of trudge through and make the best of it and you know not not hurt ourselves and then as we got closer we realized okay we're not actually really in any danger we can kind of see the the boat landing uh which is adjacent to the parking lot where we had parked and we realized okay it's it's going to be okay we had a little you know um we had a little hug and we we realized that uh you know we're we're very much amateurs out there and it's it that's okay because every time you hike a park you get you get a little bit more experience and we got back to the car and Kelly poor Kelly's boots were just soaked through with snow somehow snow had gotten down into her boots and and then at that very moment when we got back to the car feeling simultaneously defeated and also victorious that we didn't get hurt um, uh, two or three SUVs of, of serious hikers pulled up and uh, I don't think they realized the predicament we had just gone through but. You know, they, they kind of got out with their uh, fancy schmancy cross-country skis and, and, and proper athletic gear. And I just, I, we didn't really openly say this, but I realized, okay, that 
we're definitely toward the <laughs> the if, if if you were to kind of chart a spectrum of, of Minnesota state hikers, we're definitely toward the inexperienced end of that spectrum. But that's okay because we have fun getting out there, and it's obviously cathartic and therapeutic and all that to get out there, get away from the the noises of the city and all that, and just uh, appreciate the the importance of silence, as Kelly told us about earlier. So all in all, this was a this was a, a fun trip, despite the uh, that misadventure toward the end. But yeah, I don't know what what's the lesson from this hike, Kelly. Well, one, we definitely experienced instant karma for being on that little bit of uh, cross country ski trail because we were David and I are hobbits. We're five three. We both are. And five four. Be fair. Oh, five four. Excuse me. But you know, we're hobbits, uh, proudly so. The drifts were definitely up to my hips in a couple places. And also, just because I come from a family of cross-country skiers, the cross-country ski trails there are not groomed, so it's not like we just, you know, blitzed our way through the equivalent of the Berkey Trail. Well, you know, I'm we're both a little more conscientious than that. So, as far as the as far as the rest of the hike goes, and this uh, this park in particular, I can say that we're really excited to return in the summer. And especially for me to try out that swimming beach after being, like I said, hip deep in the snow drifts there this weekend. Yeah, I don't know that I have uh, really anything to add to this. Um, just that this, you know, the impression you get of a park in winter is is kind of a mixed bag because obviously there's a lot more that the park has to offer in the warmer months. It goes without saying, I know, but um, this is definitely a park that despite this misadventure, I'm eager to go back to. Apparently, it's one of the best sites in all of Minnesota to find a lot of the, uh, the sort of rare native flower, wildflowers like lady slippers, which uh, incidentally, are lady slippers like the state flower of Minnesota? Yeah. Yeah. I think I read somewhere that Minnesota has uh, the only orchid as its state flower. I could be totally wrong about that. You're right. Oh, I'm right. Okay. That was on the Savannah Portage page. That was on their page. Okay. I thought I'd read that somewhere. So yeah, definitely in the summer, this would be, or I guess spring more so for the, for the lady slippers, this would be a great location to, to, to hike and visit if you're just interested in seeing those flowers. This, this will definitely be a a great location to, to visit in the spring and summer months. Um, It goes without saying, I hope that uh, going to see lady slippers and things like that and and other, other kinds of uh, wildflowers are a draw for a lot of these parks, but Again, just to reiterate, it's it's good to get out there in winter and appreciate these parks for for a variety of reasons. There's there's fewer people out there. It's a different experience when you're not surrounded by dozens or maybe even hundreds of fellow hikers. It's it's a different experience to get out there and just appreciate the silence of it. Yeah, I guess that's maybe a good note for to end on. All right, thank you everybody for listening. And remember, drop us a comment on the Facebook page to tell David how ice on lakes melts in Minnesota. Until next time, I'm Kelly. I'm David. And this was Adventure Within Reason. Have a great week, adventurers.